They call themselves the Bad Batch. Hunter, Wrecker, Tech, Echo, Crosshair, and Omega. This is the Bad Batch Talk. Well, hello there. We are back again for Season 2, Episode 3 of the Bad Batch Talk. As usual, I'm William, and I'm joined yet again for, by Brenton. How are you, sir? I am excellent. That is awesome sauce. So we uh, we basically, Wednesday night, we got to see the uh, episode three of The Bad Batch. And my God, I tell you what, it was a great episode. So much goodness of, you know, previous stuff that we've seen in The Clone Wars. Awesome. Definitely. It was definitely changing pace from the first two. Yeah. I, I almost feel like this episode should have come first. Oh, I yeah. I would have been okay with that like just getting into them showing us what the empire is really becoming yeah definitely um, and i was totally okay with not seeing any of the bad batch in this episode apart no, from no, no no um pirates of the bad batch yeah <laughs> no i th- i thought it was um really well put together uh and just set the set the scene for the empire yep falling apart i think it's the beginning of the end it's it shows already. It's the oh, cracks. For, sh- for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it would, it's a good way to say, you know, the Republic is no longer the Republic anymore. It's now the Empire, and the Empire do things differently. So maybe the, the Republic di- didn't exactly look so bad now, did it? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, it was, it was still pretty bad, but I think when the, uh, the Empire coming forward, it just crumbles even more. Yeah, that's exactly right. Fish is all. All right, so we left episode two. After the heist goes terribly wrong, the team splits up. Uh, and Tech Echo in Omega are rescued by a local named Roma. Interesting name. He tells them to leave the treasure and go home. Basically, it's cursed. Dooku didn't only just steal from outside of uh, other worlds, but his own people. And uh, his quest for power ruined everything for the locals. Later, Roma's home, Tech sees their, ho- their uh, host working on a data core, which he calls a piece of separatist technology before being corrected by Roma, who explains that it's Serenian archive technology that has been appropriated by the separatists for their war. Roma is trying to preserve his people's uh, history knowledge from the time before the war, which Tech is surprised to hear. He never thought about the planet being its own place, its own people and peaceful culture. Uh, this is the one thing uh, the Clone Wars excelled at, making us look at the war as more than just living beings fighting droids, and instead as a complex and ultimately misguided conflict fought by people who had some genuinely good reasons and goals. While in hiding, Omega receives a kaleidoscope from Romar to play with, uh, though immediately asked if it's a part of the treasure and disappointed when she learns it isn't because the first season uh, spent so much time with Omega as the defenseless girl who needs to be saved by the squad and the members' uh, reactions to having to take care of a girl. It didn't really have time to explore the fact that Omega is a child in a war zone. Sure, She's technically older than, the, older than her brothers, but Omega never experienced life outside of Kamino. And now all she knows is f- the fight and to kill. Ultimately, the Bad Batch is forced to go home empty-handed, leaving the war chest behind to save their lives. Omega is disappointed because the treasure could uh, could have, you know, realistically, given the group of the life they might have might have had if they weren't uh, stuck with her. But Echo convinces her just to let it go as she explains... They uh, they were going to have to have, they were going to have a normal life regardless of Omega joining the team. After all, if they stayed behind, they would be uh, working with the Empire or worse. 
So after they escaped, um, back to the clone trooper in charge of the operations on Sereno, as we know as Wilco. Uh, he is reporting back to his superior, Vice Admiral Rampart, who we all know and basically hate, really. The same man who ordered the bombardment on Camino, Rampart tells the trooper that uh, there is an, an inaccuracy in his report. It states that the Clone Force 99 tried to steal the war chest. Of course, that cannot that cannot be since they perished on Camino. If uh, Tarkin was uh, were to find out about this uh, and, to, and discover that the um, the Empire failed to capturing or killing Clone Force 99, there would be severe consequences. So instead, a new report must be submitted to correct this mistake. Now, Wilco reluctantly, you know, basically defies this, and and it's part of his uh, basically part of his program. He doesn't want to do it because he good soldiers follow orders. Good soldiers follow orders. Uh, which was shadowed in the this episode as well. Of course, of course. And basically, Rampart ends up ends up killing him and yep. throws him off the cliff. And every episode, I think, going forward is going to be something like this. Yeah, of course. It's basically the the Empire is in in their snaky sort of way, bending the rules to be able to enforce their domination on the on the galaxy. Really. So the more clones that start to defect and disappear. Um, the ones that are sticking around will probably get killed. And I think that'll ultimately put a mark on Crosshair's back. Like, Rampart, the more clones that disappear, like he said in the, the show, the more they seem to, you know, go like go missing. Especially around Crosshair himself. Isn't that a funny little statement? Yeah, well, he's, he's the centre of the show. Um, but I think they'll ultimately turn on Crosshair and they're like, nope, you're gone. And then he'll... I don't think he'll ever... I don't know. He, I think he'll ever rejoin the Bad Batch. Yep. Uh, maybe they will, but maybe maybe it might be just the end of the season. If they do make a season three, which maybe they won't, but I'm pretty sure it's, it ends season two. So maybe we might see them all come together in some penultimate moment. My prediction would be he sacrifices himself. Well, you that's, know, that's all I could see happening. Yeah, yeah, bas- pretty much. You know, it's a good possibility. I mean, he does seem that kind of a fellow, you know, to go from one extreme to another. So let's just wait and see, eh? We will. Yep. Alrighty. I, like I said, I, I enjoyed this episode. I love seeing the, the breakdown so quickly uh, of what the, the new Galactic Empire is really all about, which is just gaining control. Yep. Well, they're just going around pillaging planets and yep. basically, you know, accumulating all these resources to build the Death Star, really, which we all come to know, uh, <laughs> amongst a lot of other things, you know, asserting their dominance, pretty much. Yep. This episode kicks off on um, the planet Desix, <coughs> where we see Governor Grotten and his team of stormtroopers who are the, the new TK recruits, the humans. Yep. Uh, which we've seen back in season, the end of Season 2 being trained by the uh, commandos on... Mount Tantus. Ooh. And then we're introduced to the governor of this planet called Tawny Ames. The governor informs Ames, or Governor Grotten, I should say, informs Ames that he has come to relieve her of her title by order of the Galactic Empire. <coughs> Got a terrible little lump in my throat. Ames tells him that Desix doesn't fall under the Imperial jurisdiction and that the, uh, then the governor tells her that their request was received and promptly rejected. Tani and her people threaten the governor and his troopers. Uh, I don't think we see the droids yet. I think that comes up later. Or is that 
No, the, the droids. No, once they, she basically says, yeah. you know, okay. the droids. It was it was so cool to see battle droids come out. It is not um, just a, not just a couple of squads, but a, a battalion. A lot, yeah, a lot of battle droids. It was amazing, and we get to see them uh, in their entirety, like all of the battle droids. <laughs> yeah, every, everyone except for maybe those uh, fancy ones with the sticks. What are they called? Oh, the Magna Guards. Yeah, yeah that's it's a bad. shame we didn't get to see any B two battle droids, but like uh, you know, the super battle oh, droids. Oh, they the B2. were. Yeah, the B twos. They, they were. They weren't yeah. there because they were a big powerhouse favorite for the Clone Wars as well. They yeah. they brought a lot of dominance to every battlefield. So, we now are introduced, reintroduced to Crosshair. He's walking through the the little mess hall. Yes, take, takes a seat next to some other clones who pretty much turn away from Crosshair. They they don't want anything to do with him. They're not fans of old Mr. Crosshair. Uh, no. And they also mention this defense recruitment bill, which ultimately is the Empire's way of getting rid of the clones and just using recruits. Uh, I think, like I said, the, the Empire's quickly figuring out that the clones uh, are not as willing to follow orders as what they used no, to No, well, they, they, they pretty much... The clones are too good at their job yep. to be, you know, any real use to the Empire who are used to breaking their own rules to, you know, for their own gains, really, whereas the clones are all about the book. And I seen a little, tiny little, little uh, thing here with the cup that Crosshair was using. It's the same design that Luke's using back in A New Hope. Oh, there you go. It's a tiny little detail. All right, Crosshair is kept at this facility by Rampart and only ever addressed as CT nine nine zero four, and Rampart will only refer to the clones as their number. Yeah. So there's a yep. bit later on where. Crosshair mentions Cody by name. He basically just scoffs back at back, uh, back at Crosshair. Yeah, and he says like, "Who's that?" Cody. He's yeah. like, you know, CT oh CC two 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 four. Yeah. He's like, oh Cody. So Rampa asks him how he was left stranded on Camino because uh, he was left on that little platform. Uh, I think he said he was there for like thirty three rotations, which must be days. Thirty, yeah, thirty two rotations. So he was there basically a month. Yeah. Living off fish and. You know, toenails and boogers. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows what he's living off? The Admiral gives him a mission to go to Desix disguised as a diplomatic mission. Rampart tells him to do whatever he can to secure the city for the Empire and save Governor Grotten. Cody is his leading commander for this mission. It was interesting where Cody ended up meeting Crosshair because that Imperial War Memorial... It's not for the Clone Wars itself. It's actually it's actually for the first Battle of Geonosis. So, on the, those big giant stones there were actually taken from Geonosis itself as to pay homage. Oh, to, that's to, why they're all red. Yeah, it is. Yes, and then basically all the names down are the lives that were lost on Geonosis. Basically, it was over just just over ten thousand clones were lost in that ver- in that very first Battle of Geonosis. Yeah. Was it names or was it just their numbers? Like, aha. Uh-huh. Well, that's this this is um, something we could, we'll have to we'll have to check out with uh, with the Orbesh on the. Um, it's all gibberish. Yeah, probably. I, is. I've seen some of, some people talking about it, and it's just a lot of uh, random letters and numbers. <laughs> so, probably. Uh, but yeah, that's where Cody does meet up with Crosshair, and they have a bit of a discussion about Order sixty six, and that there's clones that are turning against it. Yep. And then Cody, of course, says the line: "Good soldiers follow orders." This is where they talk about a little bit about Desix and what they're going to do when they get there. Yeah. So we arrive at Desix again, and we see Tawny Ames uh, telling Governor Grotten she's aware of the motive behind the diplomatic envoy that the Empire is sending. Tawny says that Dooku was right about the collapse of the Republic and becoming something worse. Uh, Seems to be a lot of focus on Dooku between this and the Tales of the Jedi. 
uh, I wonder if this will be an ongoing thing uh, for some reason. Well, um, well, maybe because maybe because Dooku, he even though he was a Sith Lord, he still would see, he's he's still seen all this coming. Well, Dooku is a massive linchpin with it all. He brought all this all these planets people together mm. for the aims of the Clone Wars. But I also see, I also think um, behind his his own closed doors, he was secretly working against Sidious himself. Oh, well, they all do, don't they? Yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> but I really do think, like, see the information that he gave to um, gave to Obi Wan on Genosis. You know, basically telling him everything. You know, when Obi Wan passed it off. Yep. But you know, it's he. I, I still do think, uh, as bad as you know, we see um, him as he is. I still think there was an alternative motive to, to um, basically what his, what his role was. Mm-hmm. So he could essentially also be a, a granddaddy of the, the current rebellion. Hey, not mm-hmm. wrong. It's like it's it's what he did between the the Republic and the Separatists. Now he's it's basically happening again, due to the Empire being evil. Uh, they're using almost Dooku like a martyr. To then form rebellions against the empire. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's I mean, fucking funny. Um, imagine using like the separatists as the actual rebellion in a new hope. Sort of, you imagine that well, man. What a powerhouse! They they are like yeah, they, they they are essentially yeah. Uh, so we as soon as the the empire ship rocks up, which is a NU class uh, attack shuttle. I don't think we've seen these before, though, haven't we? The NU. Yeah. Yes, yes, we have. Basically, it was it was used throughout the Clone Wars. Uh, it was a multi-purpose shuttle. It was actually quite roomy compared to the Lat gunship, um, so it was used quite fre- frequently to transport supplies and troopers to and from the battlefield. There's a weird shot where the cockpit opens as well as the gantry at the front. It's just like the cockpit comes down. There's like a screen over the cockpit. Yeah. It's like, do they jump up in there and jump into the cockpit? But the, f- the funny thing is the cockpit, yeah, it does c- It does come down. It's almost like you've got to press a button, the cockpit comes down, you sit in it, and it takes you back up into the ship itself. It's, uh, it's funny. It's very interesting. Uh, Tawny's droid army starts shooting at them, at our, uh, our new little friends coming in their attack ship. Yeah, a couple of rocket droids and an ATT. Yeah, they neutralise the airship and... Um, goes down into the ground. The droids believe that everyone is dead. However, Cody, Crosshair, and some stormtroopers attack them and come out safely to strike Tawny Ames. They all start attacking all the droids, securing uh, Tawny's base. The droids do put up a pretty tough fight, and then we get to see some destroyer droids and also BK series commando droids. Send in the droidicas. Droidicas are probably one of the coolest things I in mean, the, in the ingenious. Pre-tours. I yeah. mean, we we got to see the um, the evolved form of the droidy car uh, used in the book of Boba Fett. Yeah, yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, we we also got to see, for the first time, maybe I don't know, Crosshair being an actual sniper. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, we've seen him a fair few times. Better sniper. He's like he's like a multi-purpose sniper. Yeah, I, I just mean? feel like this episode really highlighted him as the you know. Precision, the marksman, marksman that he is. That he is, yes. The especially with the stairwell tactics with those mirror pucks. Oh yeah, um, yeah, that was awesome, eh? That was it's, it is awesome, but it's also like, yeah, all right, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we had, we all we all had to see his, you know, uh, his, his trademark move. They've all got their trademark move. His is his pucks, but you know what? I could I could watch Cody and Crosshair work together all day. They do a pretty good job. You know, they're very to the point. Well. After the end of this episode, we might not see that. Uh, after defeating all the droids, 
So after we see them defeating all the droids, uh, Commander Cody and Crosshair uh, of Threatening Ames, who has Governor Groton at gunpoint, they tell Thorny uh, that they're uh, here for peace, but uh, Thorny tells them everything the Republic did wrong to them. Uh, that she then tells them that peace is never an option. Commander Cody drops his weapon and tells Tawny that this is an option now. He's ready to, you know, move on and not let bloodshed get in the way. He requests Tawny that the Empire will benefit her people. So he's he's trying to convince her that being with the Empire might have... This is know. also a very funny statement as well. Not funny, but it, it, it's got correlation to Obi-Wan himself because Obi-Wan was seen by General Grievous as, ah, no, the negotiator. Yeah. And, he, you know, you see Obi-Wan throughout the Clone Wars. He's always he's always forever negotiating with all these commanders and, and whatnot. So it's good to see that impression rubbing off on Cody and Cody putting into into practice, obviously, in a stressful situation, yep. which shows Obi-Wan's, you know, grace at, at times. Uh, Tawny frees Grotten, uh, and then Grotten promptly tells the uh, Cody to execute her. Uh, of course, we see Cody; he's questioning everything, just like uh, Rilko did. Yes, uh, when he was ordered to do something he didn't want to do. So Cord- Cody tells the governor that uh, he promised her a peaceful resolution, <coughs> and Grotten then tells Cody that he personally made no such promise and orders him to kill uh, Tawny. But we see Crosshair pulls the trigger and kills her instead, uh, which even stops the Grotten. He he stops in his sentence, mid, mid-sentence. And yep. He's like, whoop, that happened. Yep, she dead. Cody realises that the Empire now has no honour and he's fighting for he's not fighting for peace anymore, fighting for the Empire only to seize control of stuff and things. And, of course, this is ultimately the downfall of the Empire by wanting more and more control, uh, yes. which mirrors... Anakin's fall to the dark side, of course. Indeed, it does, yes. Because he, he couldn't let go of wanting to control the need of things. Yep. It all, what is it? All poetry, it all rhymes. Indeed, it does. So, the governor then tells them to display her body at the square uh, for a warning to others. We didn't see that, though, did we? They didn't. They didn't. They didn't, they didn't, sh- show, they didn't show it, show it yeah. but he did discuss it, yeah. Yeah. So, now, of course, the mission to uh, secure Desix and... Governor Grotten is complete. We start seeing all the, the new Imperial forces landing as all the clones are being taken off off the planet. Yeah, and there was some music in here. Like, the music in this episode was so good. It was. Um, there was this real... I thought it has this real electro... Um, it reminded me, like, of Blade Runner. Yeah. Synthy, sort of, like, beaty. Oh, man. I, just, I thought the music was excellent. It was so good not to hear. I know they did, like, the whole... I can't even think of the bloody things now. <laughs> the troopers in Mandalorian. Oh my god, dubstep. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, the dark troopers. I know they. I know they did the. I know they did the dubstep with the dark troopers, and yeah, I, I that enjoyed cool. that for what it was because yeah. they like they were these big badass robots. But I felt like this music was so much more um, grounded in a the synthy music way, and not not as much. Yeah, symphony. It was just Classical. like a, it was just really deep, in depth kind of kind of music. You know, it, oh. it it followed the action. It followed every moment of the of the story. It was great. Yeah, it was really good. Oh my gosh! But mind you, I have to say, the um, it was it was cool to see basically the the ruins of Essex. This once flourishing, you know, rich place was now basically destroyed and become ruins. It almost mimics like a World War Two battle 
battle scene, you know, or like the forces are running through all the, the rubble and the broken houses and, you know, doing the, all this urban street fighting. I thought it was really super cool. Yeah, then we see that the troopers come back through and it's very much the people are no longer, well, they're even more scared now. They're, they're fleeing into their buildings yep. and these troops are coming through and, and probably continue to decimate the streets. Oh, you see them round... War-torn. You see them round up all the all the civilians as well. Yeah. So, and all that, you see them start, you know, accumulating supplies and all that kind of business. So, you know, as they say, out with the old, in with the new. And so far, the emperor is, the empire is the new. All right, well, that's basically the end of the episode, almost. Um, it was a bit weird seeing a clone with a flamethrower. I know we... And g- then he was like... <laughs> I know we got to say it on Genosis, but that was for a reason. But you know, when he was just like flame throwing battle, battle droids, droids I, I guess they, I guess they knew that they were going to fight the battle droids, right? They weren't expecting anything else, maybe, or maybe they were. I mean, I'd I'd, I'd half expected like an an R nine rotary gun, which we've come to know and love, but for a flamethrower in that little urban environment <laughs> against battle droids, uh, battle droids, I don't know. They they melt them. They're made of like a stick instead of actual metal that could be a thing yeah not wrong so crosshairs again he's sitting at the, the mess hall and he is called to go and visit rampart he barely even could eat his food <laughs> he didn't even have to catch up does he ever anything. eat no never uh rampart calls him for another mission crosshair asks why he isn't given the mission with commander cody and rampart tells him that cody has gone awol then we get a really cool shot of Crosshair walking towards the camera. Yeah. Which is really also cool. with the clones walking away from him. So there's a possibility that could be symbolizing him traveling away from what he believes. Because he, he does believe in the Empire. He believes, for whatever reason, that this is the right thing to do. Uh, but I got a feeling this, we'll see him this season, maybe, I change think, his view. I think his beliefs are just going to get continually broken and, shat- and, and shattered. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a pretty stout sort of man, so he, he's got to believe in something. And well, he's brainwashed. Uh, yeah. He's brainwashed by this empire and uh, all of its questionable methods, absolutely. Well, as Rampart says, you know, it's it's weird how all these clones go missing around you. I'd say this new commander of, uh, of Crosshair's better look out. <laughs> well, they dropped the number, but we're not sure who that is yet. No, we don't. Yeah. I would laugh if it was Wolf, but I know it's not Wolf's number. Uh, well, yeah, we, we'll have to wait and see who they pop up with. Of course, it was good to see uh, Commander Cody, and it was awesome that they showed someone doubting the Empire's ways. I think that's what this whole episode was about. We've yep. said that. Uh, but now that Crosshair's back, and uh, he also knows everything, it'd be interesting to see how he faces Hunter again. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be what we'll find out. Yeah, I, I still find it pretty interesting that you've got such a high-ranked clone who's just brushed to the side like he's nothing. Like Commander Cody was a was a clone marshal commander of the you know 212th Attack Battalion, and uh, he's also the commander of the Third System Army. So that's that's roughly about thirty thousand to sixty thousand clones he was in charge of. Um, but you know, it just goes to show how useless and trash and throwaway these clones are. So I think Cody deserves a little bit more respect than what Empire basically throws at him, really. I don't think we mentioned that the name of the episode was Solitary Clone. Uh, it is called Solitary Clone. Which is obviously a, re- like a very symbolic thing of Crosshair, especially yes. with all the other clones not really wanting much to do with him. Yep. 
uh, and he also has, it's weird, he has the inhibitor chip totally removed, uh, unlike some of the other clones that he works with. Yep. So he is fully capable of making his own decisions. There's nothing stopping him, but he still chooses to follow the orders. He um, just he believes in being a soldier. Yeah. That that that's his that's his that's his motive. That's yeah. him as a person that he just wants to be a soldier. That's his belief. I'm a soldier. I'll b- I believe in the empire because I'm a soldier. Yeah. I, a soldier. I, I need orders. I need missions. I need this. With without but without the empire, there is no mission. There is no war. There is no fighting. There is no soldiers. Absolutely. And it just it seems to me, and I think we're, we've said it, and there's not much more to say, but I think all these events and him seeing Cody question it and seeing Cody step away, uh, maybe he will as well. So I think overall, man, this episode, pretty bloody good. Yeah, I, I, I give it, honestly. I just enjoyed it. I, I'm going to give it an 11 out of 10. Yeah. It was it was a good episode. It hit us all in the right feels. Um, it was good to see the nostalgia of the of a Clone Wars conflict with clones versus battle droids, and it was on its head as well because we. I was sitting there going, "I'm I'm following Cody, you know. I want to I want to root for Cody. Yep. I want to. Well, he's with Crosshair. Like he's, we're not rooting for Crosshair, but we usually we're rooting for the clones, and now we're like, well, we're kind of rooting for the battle droids. And previous episodes, even last season, we're kind of like, oh my god, I can't believe. Our favourite clones who are doing this—it it really it hits you in the heart. And it, it's not even that different from watching the Clone Wars because we, we always knew that the Republic and the clones—that that was never really right. It was always Palpatine in charge doing his thing. Nothing's yes. changed, just the name. That's it. And the brutality. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sort of conflicting, and there's these like provoking themes that we've got to like who who do we really support in the grand scheme of everything? Well, a lot of clones did end up fighting for the rebellion afterwards when they when they defected. So, you know, I dare say that's where the theme's kind of going. Yeah, it's very good. Well, I don't know if I've got much more on this one. I well, no, usually I'd, I'd, I'd tell us how uh, what sort of stuff we've got to see. So, you know, cool vehicles we got to see. You know, we did mention we got to see the the ATT. You know, the the armored tank of the um, of the droid droid army. We got to see, you know, your normal regular B one battle droids. We got to see the the jumping around aerobat, you know, aerobatic uh, commando droids. We also got to see the droidicas, mm-hmm. and uh, we got to see, you know, the NU class attack shuttle. We got to see the Venator cruiser, and that, that's basically that's we didn't get to see too much more besides that. Oh, and as, as far as tech goes, um, the little popper grenades. Ah, uh, yes. That was really cool. Yeah. Uh, I think that also was a nod back to Ahsoka training. When trying to learn how to get through the shield. Yeah, and rolling yeah. him just right. But this is this is also what's been brought up to me is um, Nova trying to basically do the same sort of move and not, and not doing it so well. But then, Cro- then Crosshair doesn't even try that hard and he does it perfectly, you know what I mean? So it, it goes to show uh, there's a bit of technique involved trying to take down a, a droid with a popper. Mm, for sure. Especially one with a shield. I also wonder, though, like how much of that is Crosshair still being so focused on being a soldier where the other clones maybe aren't sort of mentally on the game because they're questioning what's going on where Crosshair is so laser-focused. Well, that's a good point. But mind, mind you, they are fighting against battle droids and that's what they were bred for. That's true, but I think there's a lot going on. They're, oh, they're yeah. questioning a lot more than they used to. 
Yeah, uh, I suppose that they they were built for stress, they were built for war, they were built for endurance, but they weren't built for questioning. So I dare say that's the conflict we're going to see in a lot more of these clones over the course of this season. Absolutely. Man, that's a good episode. I'm going to watch it again. Uh, so, <laughs> jokingly, last episode we talked about how the, the solitary clone may have been a wolf reference. Yeah, oh, I'm no. so disappointed. No wolf. I, I, was, I, was, I was disappointed, but at the same time, <laughs> it, it still it was still fine. Like, no, yeah, of course. Yeah, it, mind you, it would have been. Not, I'm sure we have to see Wolf this season. Like, there's no. We've seen the rescue of Gregor. You know, we've seen basically Cody liberate himself. Yeah, Rex is on the run. The Bad Batch are doing their things. We need to see Wolf. Wolf is the final ones we need to we need to see of this. Um, and then we see them uh, arc back to the Rebels episode where they're all together, Rex, Wolf, and... Maybe Cody Gregor. ends up meeting up with, with Rex, and there, there's actually four of them and not three, but Possibly. if something goes wrong and Cody sacrifices himself, who knows? Possibly, yeah. I mean, you know, we were, we were supposed to see, uh, you know, Cody, you know, rock up in the Obi-Wan series, so a bit of trivia for you. For you. So, Commander Cody was going to appear in the Obi-Wan series where he was uh, he's basically removed his inhibitor chip and he's on the hunt for Obi-Wan to, you know, make amends so they can repair their relationship on Tatooine. Uh, the subplot was uh, basically as Obi-Wan has gone off to look for look for Leia, um, Cody was going to stay there and, uh, and look after Luke. He was going to protect Luke. Um, but basically due to a problem with the... Um, the scheduling of the conflict with Tamara Morrison, who was working on the book of Boba Fett at the time, uh, he uh, basically that was canned, unfortunately, because that could have that would have been pretty cool to see Obi Wan. Uh, sorry, that would have been pretty cool to see uh, Commander Cody in in the Obi Wan series. That would have, you know, not made it so bad, but you know, we we get to see you know uh, Cody continue to serve the Empire. He assisted in the final enslavement of Kashyyyk. And after a mission, um, basically at Desix, Cody questioned and deserted the Empire. So, Cody's story is somewhat finished, is it? Well, I'm sure we'll see in the future. We'll find out. Yeah. Cody isn't finished with the Bad Batch season anyway. He'll be back. What <laughs> All right, so I'm joined by Jason, one of my good friends, comes from Canada, and he's an avid Star Wars fan, amongst many other things. So, Jace, being a mm. being a fan of the Bad Batch and and seeing you know uh, the new episode, episode three, what was your thoughts? What did you like about episode three of the Bad Batch? I would say episode three of the Bad Batch was probably one of my favorite Bad Batch episodes to date. It is a near perfect episode. Yeah, I mean it. it I think the biggest thing that it sold me on was tone. Its tone was the music, the, you know, it, there wasn't a lot of dialogue in it, but it didn't have to be because the music and the tone of the episode just kind of sold the emotion as yeah. I was watching it. From the, very, from the very beginning, it felt very Star Wars from the very beginning. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could probably spend a good 30 minutes talking about every single scene in this episode and how it was near damn perfect. Yeah, yeah. It was. It had those feels, didn't it? It definitely had those feels. What Jason just said then yeah. is exactly what we've been talking about for the last probably 40 minutes. <laughs> exactly, exactly <laughs> does. Yeah. In terms of storytelling, it was brilliant. It mirrored itself 
perfectly. It had a lot of setup and a lot of payoff. Um, and after the episode was done, you know, I always like seeing who's who's the brainchild behind it. And, you know, Dave Filoni is the writer, and that's it. You know, this is one of Dave Filoni's uh, projects, and obviously, you know, consults with George Lucas, you know, appropriately, but... Yeah, it, it showed. It showed that this was a true Star Wars fan who knew how to tell a good story um, and was able to uh, bring back the nostalgia of the Clone Wars and appease the current fans and give us a lot of stuff that we haven't seen before. So, I mean, fuck, like I said, perfect. <laughs> Not wrong. I think it's really telling as well that... Um, Years ago, when the prequels come out, everyone, oh, we didn't like the prequels, they suck. But then the Clone Wars came out and Rebels and whatnot. But everyone says that clo- the Clone Wars saved the prequels. But the, the Clone Wars are still saving Star Wars. That's still I'll, saving I'll the day. First, yeah, I agree. I'll be the first to admit that um, it was because of Clone Wars that I my interest in Star Wars was reignited and my appreciation for the prequels my appreciation for the entire story arc of this saga um, came into focus, I guess. And um, yeah, I love it. I, I love that. Uh, I love that the age that we're in right now, they're bringing so much clone wars lore, you know, front and center They're They're bringing the characters we love front and center. And something I said to echo last night is one of the things that I am predicting that they're doing by bringing back all of these original characters from the Clone Wars, these characters that we love, you know, every character, and and Filoni and Favreau are very conscious of this, every character has their story arc. You know, they got to come full circle. And and they're treating them with you respect. Know, they are. And we are going to see, I predict, I hate to say it, but we are going to see a lot of these characters come full circle, and we are going to get some emotional episodes down the pipeline. We are going to see... You know, uh, Cody fighting his last battle. We're going to see Rex fighting his last battle. We're going to see, dare I say it, eventually Ahsoka is going to come full circle. And it's going to make for some brilliant and powerful and emotional storytelling that us as the fans will be will be crying over. But it'll feel perfect because the characters will come full circle and, and it, it'll just be great. So I, 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 I don't look forward to those days, but part of me... You know, knowing yeah. they're coming, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be brilliant storytelling. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, we, we do hear Ahsoka come full circle in the dreaded sequel series that we hear, you know, with the whole, you know, um, Jedi scene with the Emperor, the and, and you yeah. hear her voice, which obviously means that she has passed into the Nether Realms. Yeah. So, we, yeah. we obviously, she becomes Mate, full like, circle. Like I said last night, I think wait until Ahsoka's out because if. Blue sky, right? Blue sky thinking. Let's say by the time we get there, Kennedy's gone. Whoever runs, if there's even a story group anymore, they're gone. Uh, And we get to maybe see the whole sequels rearranged due to the Ahsoka series. I've got a feeling that's going to... That's going to happen with uh, the, the veil. Is this going to be the World Beyond Worlds arc? Yep. Where we're going to see the rewrite? Or, uh, I don't or know if they'll rewrite it, but I think they'll change it up enough that they can continue on in a new direction. Well, we've we've seen um, we've seen a future where Ahsoka has passed, the, thus the sequel's mm-hmm. born. Are we going to see a, a a another future where Ahsoka lives and the sequels change? Well, we already are. I think we already are. Right. I think Disney has stumbled stumbled upon the. Uh, the cash cow, the, the secret to 
sustainability of a franchise is they've discovered time travel. And now that they've implemented it in their Marvel films and knowing they can go to any place at any time, revisit any character, they're doing it. I'm predicting they'll do it with Star Wars and um, we'll see those alternate timelines. We'll see those, yeah. you know, we're, those things. And, and it, 100%. Oh, but I, I believe we've already seen it. Well, as soon as Ezra pulled Ahsoka through that, that wormhole, I reckon that was the splitting, and that was our new, yep. new reality. Yeah, it's exciting. Exciting time, times ahead. Yeah, man, for sure. But anyway, Jace, thanks thanks for joining us. It's always good to chat to you, my brother. Oh, my pleasure. Have fun, guys. No worries, man. Thanks, I'll, I'll chat to you later. Well, <clears throat> that was episode three. That was episode three. Yeah. Uh, of course, we'll wrap this up. We, this, ah, uh, <laughs> what? This is I hate small talk. That's the umbrella. It is the umbrella. This is the bad batch talk. Everything's talk. Everything's talk. Yeah. It has a theme. It's a theme of talking. Amazing, a podcast theme of talking. Oh my god! I know, right? Uh, one more week until we have our big old Star Wars waffle. Oh yeah! Some boys come over talk about Star Wars. Uh, of course, you can find I Hate Small Talk. You can search for that on any podcasting service. You'll be able to find it there. You can listen to us waffle on about rubbish. Um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm Sovereign Forty One. Find Willie on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram under Echo Bischoff, and you can also find me on TikTok on Echo Bischoff well as well. Excellent. All right, mate. Well, thank you for coming and talking about this episode. I really enjoyed it. I, I love the themes of this yeah. episode. I thought it was great. Um, I, I think it's a excellent start. I, like I said earlier, I think they could have started with this episode and really shown us what the Empire was already fucking up. Oh, of course. Uh, and then got back to the, the Bad Batch boys. And me personally, I would have liked to have seen them lose a lot more in this opening up episodes um, the Bad Batch particularly like they lose their armor or they lose tech or they, you know he gets taken away or whatever and then we're like we're really invested then I think because we're they've lost something well the, the odds are against them so it, it makes sense yeah yeah. but anyway that's what I, I I'm, I'm just sitting there going oh well, maybe but uh, I'm not the people that make the show so correct alright we've talked too much too easy alright thanks for thanks for uh, listening to us all everyone so as usual May the force be with you. Always. Always.